0: barbecue Start the
1: let's go I'll do it live okay? Well, do it live I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live so to get that perfect barbecue you use wood are you sure say whatever we put the lighter fluid on strike the match and oh should we call the fire department that might be a good idea
2: Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is a show where we talk about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originates from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempy Happy to have you aboard here. On your live, fire, fun, and frivolity show. If you want to jump in on the show with your hot topics and takes, here's how you do it.
0: You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to greg at com or on the Twitter and Instagrams at bbqcentralshow. Anything else you want to find
2: out about the show can be found at the main
0: website,
2: the com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about 13 minutes from now. It's the second Tuesday of a brand new month. The last month of the year, as we said, all the way back in January 2021, rapidly coming to a close. (laughs) And look who was right. Me. We are 2021 rapidly coming to a close in two weeks or less. Long way to go to say joining me in the first hour, as usual, the founder, creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website ever on the face of the earth, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, will be joining us. Tonight, we continue our science with Meathead chats, and we will talk long about the reverse sear, the science behind the reverse sear, why the reverse sear works. We will also speculate, debate, and or otherwise argue about why you would mostly want to do the reverse sear, perhaps only all the time except for thinner cuts. We're going to explore it all. We might also hit on some other topics that have happened over the course of the week. We will certainly see how that operates. There's been a lot of business, which I'm going to get to here in just a couple minutes, that I had mentioned last week very briefly that I wanted to dig into a little bit more. So Meathead, in your first hour, then we'll move to the second hour. Maybe you remember when I nicknamed this band the unofficial official band of the Barbecue Central Show. He is on his way back in to the Barbecue Central Show jungle for another appearance. Lead singer of Three Years Hollow, Jose Urquiza, will be back in. Jose, known for his melodic tones, the grunge, rock, not heavy metal, But that really good kind of grungy sound, I think from a comparative standpoint, if you're looking for something to say, well, what does Three Years Hollow sound like or most like, I would give them a nod to 7Dust. I think 7Dust was a really big supporter of theirs. 7Dust is huge. One of my favorite rock bands, of course. 90s and 2000s, huge success. So Jose will be joining me once more. We'll get an update. It's been a number of years I remember it might have been the second release of, or the second album release that Jose and his lead guitarist were on the show for the first time. I believe they've since been signed to a record contract or a label. They were unsigned at the point I had them on the first time. So it'll be great to catch up with Jose, see what they're up to, see what kind of a tour schedule they might be looking for in 2022, and perhaps what the last year and a half has looked like for a band. Has there been a lot of Zoom? Concerts? have they been doing concerts right along so we'll dig into all of that 14 past the second hour and then coming out of the bullpen 35 past the second hour as to why this show while a brand new show it is is being pre-recorded specifically for this person closing out the show tonight my daughter Bobby Rampy, will be joining me in studio she's just back from college As the first semester ends through junior year. And as I had mentioned last week, there was a thought of maybe canceling, but I had done that, I don't know, two months ago or six weeks ago or whatever it was. So I didn't want to cancel a show twice in a year, so close together. So luckily, my guests were happy to pre record through the weekend as we bring you this brand new show on Tuesday. However, It is pre recorded, so we're technically not doing it live. live. We're not doing it live, Bill. Do it live! Not live, Bill. We'll write it and we'll do it live. All right, we're not going to get anywhere with him. And we're going to dig into the hip surgery, what it actually entails. And if you recall, almost two years ago to the day, she had the right side done. So there's some hip dysplasia going on, there is some labral tears going on. Both of those things need to be corrected. It is an extensive process, so extensive, in fact, that there's two doctors. This is a tag team operation and or procedure. So she'll talk about it all and what it was like to recover the first time. We'll talk about any worries about getting this thing done on the other side and if healing will be just as good. Plenty to dig into. You might not find it interesting, but I will. And we'll talk to her and see what it's all about. So there you go. First hour, Meathead. Second hour, Jose, lead singer of Three Years Hollow. And closing out the show, my oldest daughter, Bobby Rempe, talking about her impending hip surgery, which has actually taken place tonight as you're watching this. It took place earlier today. So follow me on social for any updates. And while I say follow me on social, do it Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Snapchat at BBQ Central Show. You can usually get live video feeds of the show on Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also get a live video feed of the show on YouTube slash RD Rempey. Don't forget, we are also airing audio live on Clubhouse. So if you're going to listen in, I did make a room for Saturday as we're recording here with Meathead. So if you have any kind of cooking questions for Meathead, especially reverse sear or grilling in general, jump in through Clubhouse, and we'll mix you in during our time together today. And I have been... um, Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, so I have... Two pieces of housekeeping before time may or may not allow to get to feedback from last Tuesday's show. But I have to ask you this question. Do you or anybody remember a fella by the name of Neighbor Desmond? Remember Neighbor Desmond? Pseudo live fire celebrity gaining most of his esteem and adulation by living next to me. Mooching off of my grills, taking my original pit barrel cooker hostage. So I had to give it to him. He's much bigger than me, and I was not going to fight for it. Well, over Thanksgiving weekend, I get a text message from Desmond, and he said, hey, I think I see Dr. Barbecue. Now, to me, I'm like, well, how is this even a question? Ray is pretty distinct in his look, the flat top, the goatee looks like a barbecue guy. But I've known Ray for decades, so I'm pretty sure if I were to see Ray in a restaurant somewhere, I would know who I'm looking at. But he was a little unsure. I said, well, Desmond, just run over there. Introduce yourself as neighbor Desmond because the two or three times that Desmond had been on the show, Ray coincidentally happened to be a guest on all of those shows. So there had been some kind of a introduction of sorts already in place go over there introduce yourself tell them you know me if it is and then snap a pic so I can know for sure if it is oh wouldn't you know ten minutes later what appears on my phone neighbor Desmond and Ray Lampy, right there as I continue to say small world these two barbecue sensations Just happened to be in the same restaurant, and it was not Dr. Barbecue's restaurant, I might add. It was just some restaurant in Tampa. And there you have neighbor Desmond on the right. And, of course, barbecue legend Ray Lampe on the left. Small world. They were right there. So there you have it. Then, because this topic has taken on a life of its own over the past couple years... Brian from Pennsylvania writes, Greg visited Don Ramon Mexican restaurant in Lakewood, Ohio, a few weeks back while visiting family for Thanksgiving. And look what was on the menu. Chori Yes. If you haven't seen chori pollo yet, this is exactly what it looks like. You have your beans on top. You have rice there, bottom left. You have the tortillas soft on the left and the aluminum. And then you have grilled chicken breast. With chorizo sausage that has been mixed together. It's chopped up. You, you take all that stuff, slam it in the tortilla. And it's delicious. Trust me. Take it from a guy that knows Chori Pollo, who has put Chori Pollo on the map. Unknowingly, the biggest Chori Pollo champion that Chori Pollo has ever seen. Validating it from the Atlantic to the Pacific and all points in between. So much so that a friend of this show made fun of me to no end for Chori Pollo, said it was an illegitimate Mexican dish that Mexicans laugh at people who actually order it meanwhile it ended up on his menu only a month or so later. I know what I'm talking about I know good food but enough about me and how smart I am we can get to more of that when Meathead comes on he's ready to go in the green room I'll talk to you quickly about Yukon Glory and their burger serving set the Yukon Glory Burger Serving Set is an essential set for foodies and burger lovers. If you want the real restaurant feeling at home, we've got you covered with our full burger board set. This set includes a stainless steel basket for your fries or veggies, two ceramic condiment holders for your favorite sauces or condiments, and a slate plate to serve your burger up in style. This deluxe burger board is made from durable, long-lasting premium acacia wood, With deep reds and browns that will not fade over time. With the holiday season here, and we are in the middle of it, folks. This set is the perfect holiday gift to give the chef, grill master, or burger freak in your life. Trust me, they will thank you for it. The burger board and all of Yukon Glory's products are sold at their website, yukonglory.com. Also on Amazon, Walmart, Lowe's, The Home Depot, and Target. If you prefer to search and shop on their website, yukonglory.com, you're in luck because you can save 10% off the entire order by using promo code 10 Central, 10 Central altogether, for a 10% discount through the whole month of November. Follow UConn Glory on Instagram and Facebook at Yukonglory, or again, the website, yukonglory.com. The burger set, get it in now! You know you have a burger lover in your life, you know you want to save 10% during gift giving. Buy a couple, buy four, buy six. Keep one for yourself. All right, we're back with Meathead right after this. Stick around.
0: You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. casting live from the barbecue central show studios in cleveland ohio you're listening to the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rampey
2: all right welcome back this portion of the show being brought to you by the barbecue guru creators of automatic pit temperature control technology sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit BBQGuru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU with any of your questions. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. It is the second Tuesday of the month. And you know what that brings as I am stalling, of course. Oh, I'm using the wrong... I got so many interfaces here. This is what I'm trying to do. And you know what that means. Here it comes. The walk-up music that is sweeping the nation. It is Meathead's theme from AmazingRibs.com, and we welcome him back to the show. Hey, (laughs) Meathead.
1: Hello, Greg. (laughs) And hello, Centralites. Uh, Happy holiday season. You know, I'm just noticing, I I was so glad when you switched from the New York skyline to the Cleveland skyline, and, and how you now have your head centered between these twin phalluses. Um, you, you, you're, you're, the, you're the double doink. Uh, Would you say that I'm
2: a master coxman? Is that what we're getting at?
1: Oh, oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let me ask you you're a photographer by profession as well. Should I be in front of a building or another? Or should I, like, I voluntarily no, I tried to center myself because right here is the most prolific skyscraper of our skyline, Terminal Tower. And then uh, Key Bank here is the tallest building that we have, although uh, the one, uh, uh, where the hell, is this one, um, is <laughs> s- uh, is second oldest to Terminal Tower, but I figured they, it would be best from a picture standpoint to sit in the and middle. And they
1: frame you beautifully, All right, just fine. I know,
2: it's just, it's no Chicago skyline. I mean, now that is no. a skyline that takes up the whole windshield, yes, or more, yes. you have to turn your head and see everything. I mean, that is a substantial yes. skyline, so is in New York City, but... I'm, admittedly Cleveland's a little lacking in skyline. So this is what I got.
1: L- lacking in a lot of stuff, but that's okay. Yes. No doubt. Hey, best, best wishes to Bobby. Thank um, you. uh, you're so lucky to have, uh, a, a family of so many talented women and uh, an athlete of her caliber. Um, and now she's got the, 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 the double doink on the hips. now. <laughs> Uh, hopefully she'll uh, recover fully and be back in uh, form and back on the volleyball cart next year. Well,
2: I appreciate that and we'll see how it goes. I'll keep you updated for sure. So we have another barbecue science with meathead topic. And tonight uh, we're going to be talking all about the reverse sear and the science behind the reverse sear. And certainly we can speculate further as to maybe why it's one of the only ways you should be cooking anything that is X thickness or bigger and why that is so. However, you want to start off with the reverse here topics. By the way, I do have a clubhouse room open. There's nobody in it yet, but if somebody jumps in and they want to ask questions, we can mix those in as well. That seemed to have worked pretty good over the last couple of months. So I'll turn the discussion over to you for now.
1: Well, um, reverse here is uh, is a really clever concept, and uh, you know, there are, by now I think a lot of your audience has probably heard of it. But it it is um, something that is not thoroughly understood just witness the fact that so many cookbooks barbecue and otherwise tell you to start off by browning your meat first now that works for some cases but for barbecue or grilling it's really not the best way to go about things let's let's start by deciding what our mission is Uh, let's say here we are coming up on um christmas and a lot of people love to do a big beef roast for Christmas. Yes. Um, and they're expensive. I mean, I just ordered a seven-bone beef roast, and uh, the, uh, that's going to cost me a week's pay.
2: Was yeah. it uh, Was it a prime uh, grade or a choice grade?
1: Yeah, USDA prime. Yeah. So what does that run you? Yeah. They haven't told me yet because they, <laughs> can't, precisely, Market they price. can't precisely measure the weight, you know? Right. Uh, so... It's, it's mystery meat. <laughs> uh, I'll find out when I pick it up. Um, so you're going to do this big old roast. And what a lot of recipes tell you to do is put it in the oven and crank it to 500. Uh, and what happens then is at that temperature, you brown the exterior. Now, of course, people don't always understand that there's different types of energy in an oven and a grill by the way is just an outdoor oven with a lousy thermostat uh, and by the way that may be changing we have recently heard yes that charbroil is introducing a grill with a thermostat long overdue and i hope it works and i hope others follow there uh you know my indoor oven has a thermostat and it burned out a while ago i was able to replace it for 50 bucks I mean, why can't we do that on our grills?
2: I'm, I'm surprised um, it's taken this long. I actually know the yeah. company that is manufacturing that grill for Char-Broil, but we'll leave that for a different time.
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, you, you, you crank it to 500. Now, that's warm air. That's convection air. And air is not a really good conductor of energy. Um, the best way to sear something is with laying it on a hot piece of metal, like a frying pan which is conduction energy, or placing it directly above glowing coals or flame, which is infrared energy. And those are the three basic kinds of energy we find in a grill. The conduction energy comes from the grill grates. Um, Convection energy is the warm air flowing around everything. And infrared is the glowing coals and flame that sear. Um, so they tell you to, in order to sear it, to crank it to 500. Well, let's, let's look at what happens. You, you start getting this brown exterior, which is the Maillard reaction and some caramelization, especially if there's a little sugar in your rub. Um, so you get this beautiful crust forming and everybody loves the crust on a uh, nicely herbed beef roast. Um, and uh, uh, the heat pounds the exterior of the meat. Now, it's really important to understand that this hot air can't penetrate the meat. It's not going into the meat. The hot air cooks the outside of the meat, and that's it. It's the outside of the meat that collects the energy and holds energy and presses that energy down towards the center. It's like a capacitor, if you will. And so as the energy moves from the outside of the meat towards the center, you get the meat starting to warm up in layers. So when you're done, you're gonna have a brown exterior, a layer of tan just below it, a lighter layer of tan, then a layer of pink, and then finally in the center, you'll get your your beautiful rosy medium rare. And this rainbow effect is because the energy that is moving from the outside to the center is cooking it in in, in steps, in waves. It's like a bucket brigade being passed towards the center. Well, I mean, if you like a steak or a roast medium rare, and I do, and I know you do too, Greg. Um, which is in the 130 to 135 degree temperature range. Um, then, and if you love the exterior crust, which I do, um, and I know most of you do, yes, you want as much crust as you can get, and yet you want the center as much medium rare as possible. And the way you do it is the inverse of what most cookbooks have been telling us from the beginning of time you start cooking it at a low temperature like 225. And so you'll put it on your grill. And instead of putting it right above the hot um, coals or right above the flame, you'll divide your grill in two zones and you'll put it on the indirect side where it's gently warming at 225. And what happens is, is you'll get a nice even color, nice rosy color from edge to edge. Now, The exterior isn't a good crust yet. So what you want to do next is when it gets close to 130, which is your target, say 120 or 115 even, then you move it over to the direct energy side, right above the flame or the coals. And then you lift the lid so as much as you can get, you get the energy pounding on one side. And then you rotate it a quarter turn and the energy that starts to build up on the exterior when you're doing it direct heat like this, a lot of it will bleed off into the air rather than push down into the center. And then you rotate a quarter turn and you rotate a quarter turn until you have your beautiful dark crust all around. And when you slice into it, you'll have that beautiful dark crust and a very thin layer of tan and almost entirely edge to edge um, a beautiful rosy medium rare color, and that is the reverse sear in an essence. The the concept evolved from the early pioneers of sous vide, and we've talked about sous vide before. Um, but this is a very simple technique of of, of cooking water, uh, cooking meat in a, in a water bath uh, in a plastic bag. It's not in the water; it's in a plastic bag, and and you cook it at 130 degrees, and you'll get exactly medium rare. All throughout, but the exterior looks like hell. And so now you sear it either in a pan or on a grill. And, and so this is a great technique, and it works great on a lot of stuff, like on um, uh, turkey breast or chicken breast. Um, chicken in particular, because you've got that fatty skin. Uh, if you put that right over hot coals, you know what happens. The skin gets dark, black, and burns before it's cooked to a safe temperature on the interior. So reverse sear is a natural technique for poultry. But um, uh, there are cases when it doesn't work, and and that's if you've got something really thin, like skirt steak. Um, you just showed that uh, pollo, uh, whatever you called it. Chory pollo. There it is. Um, uh Chicken thighs, uh, which are thinner uh, Chicken legs, which are thinner Chicken wings um, um, uh, Skirt steak uh, Flank steak Anything general under an inch So a one inch steak Those you want to cook hot and fast Because then you can get a good dark crust And you can hold some pink in the center But I would say anything over an inch Inch and a half And that goes for turkey breast Beef roast uh, Tenderloin Uh, pork roast, go for your reverse sear. If you haven't tried it, it's a revelation, and you'll get a really tender and juicy piece of meat that's cooked on the interior perfectly, even from edge to edge, and then you'll get your beautiful dark crust on the outside.
2: Do you know the history of the opposite of the reverse sear then, as far as pounding it first and then finishing it at a lower heat or... You see a lot of times folks will do a hard sear in a cast iron pan, and then they also have an oven awaiting at 350 degrees, and then they'll throw it in the oven to finish off to medium rare, medium whatever they like. What has been the the mindset of doing it that way first versus doing a reverse sear, which is obviously going to give you that bumper-to-bumper, as you say, color from top to bottom?
1: I don't know the history of it. It's just the way things have been done for almost forever. Um, I mean, early cookbooks, and I I like to read early cookbooks. Basically, they just tell you to crank the oven all the way, or in a few cases, they tell you to get a hot pan and sear it in a hot pan and then pop it in the oven. Now, the reason you want to sear it in a pan and then pop it in the oven is you'll get the fun. You'll get the Uh, bits of meat and flavoring and stuff sticks to the pan. Then when you take it out of the pan, you can make a pan sauce. You can pour a little red wine in there or or some white wine and you can make a pan sauce that way. And that's a great technique for making a a pan sauce. And you can do that with reverse sear also. You could gently warm uh, a, a beef roast on a smoker, at 225, get some nice smoke flavor and color. Then bring it indoors and put it in a cast iron pan or on your side burner and roll it around until you get brown. And then you'll have a fond. Fond is a French word for that. The bits that stick to the pan um, and uh, and and that and then they let go as soon as you pour wine or or chicken stock in there. And uh, that, that's how you make a pan sauce. So. Um, uh I, I don't know how, I mean, when you think back to the history of cooking, uh, cooking almost certainly evolved by taking a, a dead animal that the guys went out and killed on a hunt and threw it into the fire. And, you know, just tossed it right into the flames on top of the coals. And then it evolved by maybe hanging it above the fire or putting it on a stick and rotissering it. Um, uh, uh, Ovens probably came along soon thereafter. Uh, You know, I mean, food, we're in an era now where science surrounds us. Um, And cooking, which has been done for centuries, I mean, since the beginning of man, uh, but particularly evolved cooking as the Chinese and the French and the Italians have done, um, they've created some marvelous things like... um, uh some fabulous sauce concepts and approaches but so, for some reason or other the concept of reverse sear didn't evolve until say the 1980s and 1990s and that was with the early sous vide pioneers um, and then also um, a, a device called the cvap which is an oven which which is high humidity um for holding meats uh, but uh, i i didn't invent it by any means but I think I popularized it uh, pretty broadly in the barbecue world.
2: Do you think, or the better question would be, and this is pure speculation on your part, the vast majority of people that cook that are not in our industry, I would say the majority of my listening audience, your readership mm-hmm. and subscribership, and folks that are even moderately aware of what live fire techniques are out there, have at least heard of Reverse sear or have implemented it a number of times and seen the success. But uh, taking that aside and holding it in a vacuum, uh, outside of that, does the people that don't follow the industry that we're in know about uh, sous vide?
1: No, and, or, and in uh, fact... I'm sorry,
2: uh, reverse here, not sous vide.
1: Reverse here, <laughs> yes. No, I got you. I, you know, one of the things that's interesting is I'm constantly um, being brought slapped in the face by how little people know about cooking at all. Um, There's a website called Quora, and uh, I don't know how many of your listeners have seen it or heard of it, but Quora is a website where you can go there and ask a question. And then there's a whole lot of people like me who watch for the questions coming up. You can even ask me a question um, and uh, people answer them. And the answers are of varying degrees of quality and expertise. But um, I I see the most amazing questions, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, why does fried chicken taste so much better than boiled chicken? (laughs) You know, that one just came up yesterday. Wow. Um, I I mean, people have no concept of the different cooking techniques, different cooking methods. um, And I got to tell you, when we started talking about reverse sear, um, I posted some stuff about this on the barbecue brethren and people just absolutely lambasted me. Like you're an effing idiot. No, you'll everybody knows you see her at the beginning, not the end. So I, you know, I, I if it is popular out there, I'll take partial blame for that. Um, Kenji Lopez alt has also done a good job of popularizing it in the general culinary world. Um, but uh it, it is not well known uh, outside of people on the inn like my Pitmaster Club members, people who read our website, your listeners. But I think if you go to um, drive down the street and whenever you smell a barbecue, a pit or a grill going, walk in the backyard and ask them if they've ever heard reverse sear. They don't know what the heck you're hmm. talking about. Uh, do you have
2: a history of reverse sear <clears throat> and where that first popped up?
1: I actually have. Now that you mention it, no. um, I uh, I um, did some research because there were some people claiming um, credit for it. Oh, who who was the uh, first
2: I, person to claim credit for it? I love this.
1: I'm not going to point fingers, but uh, oh, come um, on, intent. Uh, let me. You asked a question about the history. I will talk about the history. Um, I do have on amazingribs.com. if you go to the search engine, and by the way, when we rebuilt the site in April, our search function is so much better. Just search for Reverse Sear and you'll find an article. And there. there is a history there. Um, uh, Dr. Bruno Gasol uh, a, a, uh, uh, was one of the pioneers of sous vide and also uh, Chef Jean Banchet from Le Francais here in Chicago, uh, in the 1970s, began experimenting with sous vide, and that is a form of reverse sear. Um, in the 1980s, Winston Industries um, brought out the CVAP, which is an oven that puts mist inside of it. So it's almost 100% humidity, and you can hold food at 120 to 150 for hours, and it'll be safe because you can pasteurize at a low temperature over long time. Um, And there's very little moisture loss, so very little shrinkage. Shrinkage is very important in the restaurant industry. You advertise a 12-ounce steak, you want to serve a 12-ounce steak. I did a whole
2: news story on that about how some guy went to a steak place, ordered an 8-ounce sirloin, and it came sizably, visually less, and he had a scale with him, weighed it, and it ended up being (laughs) like 6 ounces. And it was a whole situation, believe it or not. Yeah? Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, the chef probably believed it was an 8-ounce sirloin because it started as an 8-ounce sirloin yeah. when, he, when he butchered it. Right. And then it shrank 20%. Um, and that's the, the, the audience doesn't always know that. <laughs> that's funny. I've seen people bring thermometers. Uh, uh, I just ate at uh, Ditka's restaurant here in Chicago uh, the other night and uh, specified, please, uh, pork chop, 135, and it was, you know, it must have been one fifty. You know, we did real. that
2: on this show, right? The embedded correspondence no, I and I for a task for a show. So one month we said we agreed that we would all go to these high end steak restaurants, a so Ruth's Chris, things of this ilk, and we were oh, bringing, cool. We would bring our therm- thermopens with us. We would order the steak at a temperature, and then when the steak hit the table, we immediately temperatured the steak to see how far off it was. Because I was also pitching the idea at that time that there was a purposeful undercooking of steaks across America to avoid loss. The co- You know, you cook the steak over, I remember you hearing you it talk out, about blah, that, blah, yes. blah. So in the end, I think we found that the majority of places we went to, in our findings, were more or less close to what we wanted, but there were plenty of other ones that were either well below or well above, and everybody looked at us like we were a bunch of a-holes because we were temping steaks immediately as they hit the table.
1: Well, you know, I mean, with all due respect to my friends and uh, the brilliant people who work in restaurant kitchens, um, uh, many of them still don't use thermometers. They went through culinary school. They were trained by people in the French techniques, the French methods. They probably have heard of reverse sear, but I don't know if they do it. Their ovens are different. Their techniques are different. Their workflow is different. Um, But... um, uh, you know it's just a, a different environment and uh, you know i don't need a thermometer uh, i agree <laughs> i think they me.
2: think it is some kind of a, of a training wheel where that now they have this experience or this title mm-hmm. and they refuse to use something that will give them 100% confidence that they've hit a temperature and that their experience is better than the thermometer which is ridiculous
1: well let's give them some credit for this if you're a steakhouse And you're getting your steaks from the same supplier day in and day out. They're cut and trimmed the same way. They're all black Angus. Um, They're all uh, the same weight. Your ovens are tuned to a certain temperature that, after a while, you ought to be able to tell by timing it, your instincts, and by poking it and by looking at it. You probably can get pretty darn close. But it's still a risk. And, you know, when you, especially if you've got a client who has specified a temperature. If they say medium-rare, well, that's what everybody says. But if they Mm -hmm. say 130 to 135, you better nail it.
2: Right. Uh, Meathead, can I place you on hold just for one second? We'll come back and pick up this conversation. All right, stand by. We're talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, of course. And I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue and grilling-related, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything there has been hand-picked and approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself, from the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa's known for their championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit and in backyards alike. 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're looking for a new go-to sauce, or you're tired of what's out there currently, give that one a shot. Reminds you of why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they are also selling cookers. If you're looking for a new cooker, a pellet smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac two-star general pellet cooker. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? All right take a look at that old hickory ace bp the only charcoal smoker that big papa trusts on his competition trailer if you're not sure of what grill you need call and ask questions 877-828-0727 that's 877-828-0727 or shop their website bigpapasmokers.com that's b-i-g-p-o-p-p-a-smokers.com we're back with more meathead right after this stick around
0: Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey, the Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show.
2: And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com, that's C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com, for more information, to view other products, or to purchase everything, CB and the gang. Over there at CookAndPellets.com. And we're back with more Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. As we have been talking about all things related to the reverse theater. Uh By the way, we do have the Clubhouse room open. So if you are interested, this is a live recording for what's going to air this coming Tuesday. So if you're in the clubhouse room and you would like to ask Meathead about some kind of cooking technique or a myth bust or something along these lines, raise your hand in the clubhouse and I'll bring you up and we can have at it. Go ahead, Meathead, with a thought.
1: Well, we were, we were going down the history and we're getting towards uh, a good point in the history of it. Um, in the year 2000, a, um, a Swiss butcher named Werner Wirth wrote a book called Intelligent Cooking. Um, and uh, he was the first to write about this technique, reverse sear, um, uh, and I believe he ter- he used the terms reverse sear. Um, if he published the book in um, uh, 2003, that means he probably wrote about it in 2001, 2002, and maybe started experimenting with it even earlier than that. So I think we have to give him the uh, credit for the term and uh, for the first to be using it Um, uh, other than in a uh, sous-vide or a CVAP-type environment. Um, In 2002, our good friend Alton Brown um, uh, started writing about doing a roast at 200 degrees, uh, taking it off 10 degrees before it's done, and then uh, uh, turning the oven up to 500 and putting it back in the oven at 500. So he's ahead of all of us barbecue guys. Um, uh, But around 2000, well... Uh, Christopher Finney of the of, of the Iron Pig barbecue uh, cooking team Um, I asked him, because he's been uh, claiming that he uh, kind of uh, invented it. I asked him when he first started working with it, and he said 2003 to 2005. His website now says 2001. Mm. Um, But somewhere in the early 2000s, he started playing with it and telling people about it right around the same time as Alton Brown. And I was experimenting with it at the same time, although I didn't start writing about it until a little later. But, of course, our website has so much traffic that it really caught on because of the traffic to our website. And right around 2007, Kenji Lopez-Alt, who was at the time working for Cook's Illustrated, wrote an article in the magazine called The Problem with Thick Steaks. Um, and he wrote about reverse sear. Um, so uh, that's um, that's uh, where uh, the history comes from, as far as I know.
2: Meathead from amazingribs.com joining us here on the show. If you're not a member of his Pitmasters Club, get over there. It's sub 25 bucks for the year. Is it 20 sub 25 bucks?
1: It's now uh, we raised the price 34.95 now. 34.95 uh,
2: which 34.95. <laughs> a pittance. Sub $35, a pittance <laughs> for that's a, a year worth come on, give me a break. You're uh, you're getting a whole bunch of exclusive stuff and special deals so get over it plus you can interact with a whole bunch of like-minded live fire lovers we, uh, and share techniques and tips and tricks and lies so that's great stuff it's like a bar but online
1: <laughs> our, our our new barbecue rubs and sauces um were offered for sale to the pitmaster club members at a discount among other things many companies offer discount prices uh to our pitmaster clubs and there's a lot of other benefits. Just go to AmazingRibs.com slash pitmaster to read about the 20-plus member benefits. Uh,
2: Meathead, had anything else on reverse here before I ask another question that has to do with live fire cook?
1: Um, I think we've covered a pretty, pretty good. I, if you're doing a roast for Christmas, um, do consider giving it a try um and if and if you're doing something like i do every christmas i have to go over the river and through the woods um what i did last year for the first time and i'm going to do it again this year is i did sous vide it and i was able to take it in the sous vide bath to the house where the party was kept it in the sous vide bath until we were almost ready to eat Went out back, threw it on their Weber gas grill, got myself a beautiful um, uh, sear on it, and everybody was just blown away by it. It was just gorgeous. So it's a really great way to take food on the road.
2: So you put this roast in the sous vide bath, probably had it in the amount of time that you wanted, and then you unplug everything and you just kept it in the water. Somehow you secure it so it's not spilling and yeah. sloshing all over the place, and then you yeah. plugged it back in when you got to the place you were going to?
1: Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. And it, was, it worked great. I get, I get a seven-bone roast every year, which is just enough to feed this crowd. Wow. And um, uh, because um, uh, I cut it in half, uh, so I have two hunks, uh, and then in the zipper bag, in the sous vide bath for about three, four hours. I forget what the timing is. Um, It doesn't need long because the meat's pretty tender. And uh, bring it up to uh, about 125 or so, Um, and that's enough to uh, cook it through, pasteurize it, haul it off to uh, the destination, and plug it back in, and it just stayed steady at that temperature until we were ready to serve it.
2: I have a question coming from a fan of ours who left it on my Facebook page. I'm paraphrasing here because I didn't write it down. But I think we'll get the high-level concept here. He wants to know this. If the quote-unquote cold-great steak cooking method, popularized evidently by Dave Parrish of Slow and Sear fame, is the only way to do it, according to him and according to Dave, it's the best way to cook a steak. And I hate to say that I'm not on top of trends here, but I've never heard cold-great steak cooking technique.
1: Well, it's a good technique. Absolutely, I, I, you know, I'm one of these guys that likes to say there's no rules in the bedroom or the kitchen. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, there's not any one only way, uh, and in fact, there you know, as there's many ways to skin a steer. Um, uh, you can cook it a variety of ways, but the cold grate technique is basically you rotate the cooking grate um, so that the meat goes on cold metal rather than hot metal. When it goes on hot metal, it brands the meat with grill marks. And I have written at length about um, why I don't think grill marks are the best way to cook a steak. Um, I like to see it even color brown all all over edge to edge uh, for the maximum Maillard crust flavor. Um, but, yeah, it's a good technique. Uh, and he's written about it on the Slow and Sear website. Um, and, by the way, Dave was the original um, pit boss for the Pitmaster Club.
2: So, you're rotating the cooking grate around the fire?
1: Yeah. You rotate the grate. Doesn't the, the grate heat the up anyway?
2: Yet. Are you putting on
1: a bunch yeah, of cold grates? It heats up, but you don't get as much branding. Hmm. You, don't, you, don't get, you don't get those really dark sear marks, and you don't run the risk of burning the meat. Hmm. Okay. It's clever.
2: You're a fan of it? Or do you like the more traditional uh, okay. reverse? Yeah, it
1: works. I've done it. It yeah. works. And you can even rotate it after w- one side and flip the steaks so that it stays on a cold side, rotate it some more. It, it works great on things like a Weber kettle because you've got a round grate. Right. And uh, he uses this slow and sear gadget. And he's got uh, some it, it,
2: kind it, of a Weber kettle ish grill as well that he pedals too, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. He, he's built a kettle. Um, I don't want to call it a knockoff, but it's because I, it, I think it's an improvement. Let's somewhat say kettle over style. Kettle. Yeah, <laughs> it's a kettle grill. Hmm.
2: Uh, is he successful?
1: I think so. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he just took on a massive new warehouse. Oh. Um, and, uh, I, you know, maybe he's got big, big money backing him. He's got some great products. If you have a Weber kettle and you don't have the Slow and Sear insert, um, you need to get one. It is the single best, um, accessory for the Weber kettle out there period. <laughs> I'm shocked Weber hasn't bought him out yet. I mean, because it just makes the Weber kettle. you, it makes the Weber kettle a smoker if you want it to be a smoker and it really improves your searing capability. So, uh i uh, i i'm a big fan of the sloans here
2: weber didn't buy them out because they're too busy losing their ass on stock mm-hmm. stock market shares
0: yeah,
1: yeah. i but, haven't uh, watched their stock lately oh, wow. uh but uh weber's going through an interesting phase you know they they were a family business and uh, now they're a uh, a corporation owned by a big investment company and uh Things have changed down there.
2: Uh, Weber, as of trading this morning when I looked, eleven dollars and ninety-seven cents a share, which what was I think it, so is, opening uh, price? It started out at maybe fifteen bucks or something like that. It really mm-hmm. never spiked much higher than that. When, uh, they, but, when they
1: first when they first came on the market, yeah. So they've they've lost about a third of their star, share yep. price
2: now. Let's take this into account. Traeger. As of this morning when I checked, trading at thirteen dollars and twenty four cents, and I believe they had a high watermark of almost thirty
1: five dollars a share. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um. I wonder what that means. I wonder if the market somebody's lost um, a lot of money. Yeah, and the market is is on its way up. You know, I um, I watched the Standard and Poor, uh, and uh, you know, it's 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 getting back towards record zone again. It had a big dip a couple of weeks ago or last week. But uh, it's interesting that with the market increasing, they're decreasing. And what does that say about investors' interest in the barbecue uh, segment? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm actually interviewing Jeremy Andrus on February 8th, which is probably something I should have mentioned to you off air, considering that's a Tuesday that you're going to be on in the first hour. But it's the only time I can Uh get him. It's a, bit, it's a very big get for us. We have a lot of uh, questions to ask him, some things that I may or may not get in trouble for asking him, but we'll see if he even answers them. So uh, we'll go from there. Uh, we have uh, three minutes and 35 seconds left. We are literally 14 days away from Christmas, which is tight, especially with shipping and stuff. So for last minute, best gift ideas, aside from a thermopen or an instant read meat thermometer, which is always... Something that you and I are recommending to people when they're asking, what would you like to see people be giving as gifts this year?
1: Well, I mean, I always—if you said except for thermopan and stuff—I I mean, I always gravitate to thermometers. Of course. Uh, I mean, it is, other than a sharp knife, it's the single most important tool a cook can have indoors or outdoors. Um, it, 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 it prevents you from having that embarrassing moment of serving overcooked steaks. Um, uh, I mean, you're gonna spend an arm and a leg on a rose, get it right. Um, so I'm sorry, I know you said other than, but Thermapen is the top end of the market. hey, um, something people need to keep their eye out, um, the folks at Fireboard are introducing a competitor to the Thermapen that looks really interesting. Um, it has uh, all of the same functionality of a, of a Thermapen and you can plug a probe into it so it can be used as a remote also. And the guys at Fireboard are really smart, and Mm -hmm. they do some really great stuff. Um, I would pay attention to that. I don't know if it's on the market yet. I know that uh, they've shipped us a prototype. Our electrical engineer has tested it and liked it, and uh, if if he does, I do.
2: It's the Fireboard Spark is the name of the product, I believe. It Uh was pre-order last month. It started shipping out at the end of November. So if you put in a pre-order, I would assume they're starting to ship out, or maybe you have it already. And I agree. It's instant read. It's similar uh, time to take a temperature. It's similar Mm -hmm. um, thresholds as far as accuracy. And then on top of that, you get a one channel fireboard uh, automatic temperature uh, monitoring system, which also can be included into a traditional fireboard. If you have it, it can be an extra channel. It can be a clearinghouse for all temperature readings. Its, I think uh, it has web mode. connectivity, too, doesn't web it? Web connectivity, so it's...
1: Yeah, so it, no. it, 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 it one-ups the uh, Thermapen. Um, uh, you asked about gifts. Uh, forgive the, uh, the the small promotion, but we've just introduced three rubs in a sauce at uh, AmazingRibs.com, and I'm pretty happy with them. Um, a, a nice four-pack of all four uh, might make a nice gift, and they're being shipped overnight, so it's not too late to order those. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, my book, Meathead, uh, is still selling rapidly.
2: This is Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, anything else before I let you go tonight?
1: No, it's always good to talk to you. And uh, 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 best wishes to uh, Bobby. And uh, happy holiday to you and your family. And uh, happy New Year. We'll see you after the first of the year. The rest of you Centralites, good talking with you all these years.
2: All right, there he is, Meathead, right there from AmazingRibs.com. We wish him a great rest of the holiday season and happy new year as well. And be sure to get over to AmazingRibs.com and check out all of the great free information that's there. And then as he had mentioned, there is a pay portion that you can sub up to less than 35 bucks for the year or for mathematical reasons, less than three bucks a month. And you can have access to a great forum, lots of special deals, access to exclusive items that are going to be coming out. And, if you are looking for that great barbecue and grilling experience, a once in a lifetime, get on over there and look to see if you can still sign up for the meetup that's going to be happening next year in Memphis. That's been supposed to be happening for the last couple of years, but uh, COVID had other plans and we will see if it happens this year. We're really confident. So get on over there, sign up. I'm sure there's some spots left. It is Meathead over at AmazingRibs.com. Follow him on the Twitter at Meathead. I will talk to you quickly about Primo Grills. We talked about two-zone cooking a little bit during the reverse sear portion because you don't want to put it over direct heat. Primo Grills is going to be something you want to take a look at because what do we love about ceramic cookers? We love that they're fuel efficient. We love that you can achieve low and slow temperatures for traditional barbecue meats. We also love that you can get rip-roaring hot for the high-temperature grillings. But what's missing in the everyday ceramic cooker lineup? The real ability to do true two-zone cooking. Two-zone cooking, very important to both professionals and backyards alike. It's the best way to manage a fire and cook with confidence. However, getting a two-zone fire in a round ceramic cooker, not very realistic. Why? Because it's round. Enter Primo and their game-changing oval design. The shape gives you the ability to execute a two-zone setup that you desire. It also gives you the other ceramic grill benefits as well, really, When you break it down there's more than 60 different ways to cook on this thing so you're only limited by your culinary imagination which we all know about the lift hinge revamp we know about the air damper revamps top and bottom you can now get the primo grill rotisserie you can get the pizza grill accessory you get the half pan accessory you get the rib rack accessory nick bauer and the gang over at primo really jumped up the accessory line this year Everything is hitting the dealer and distributor network right now, so make sure you hit up your dealer because they're only selling through dealers. And see when they might be hitting your local area. Go to primogrill.com, locate a dealer near you, and you will be all set to pick up those accessories or pick up a Primo or a Primo and all the accessories, whatever you like. Here's the bottom line. Best ceramics in the biz, yes. Patented technology, true two-zone cooking capabilities, multiple sizes, yes, yes, and yes. If you really want to have a round ceramic cooker from Primo, they have those as well. Might I suggest that you break from common thought and go with the oval design. I mean, that's why you're going to Primo in the first place. You want something different than the ordinary round stuff. But if you want round, they got round. It's a one-stop shop there. Primogrill.com. See a dealer near you. Go to them. Check out all the Primos that they have to offer. Buy the best one that fits your bill. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Who's ready for a Primo? I'm ready for a Primo. Meathead's probably ready for a Primo. I know you're ready for a Primo over there in the corner. Go to primogrill.com. That's primogrill.com. And we're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Well, as luck would have it, this portion
2: brought to you by Fireboard, the segment that is giving you all of the great recap of the first hour: Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, Fireboard 2 Pro for the high temperature stuff, and of course, Fireboard. Spark, which is that single channel that Meathead and I were just talking about. Also an instant read meat thermometer and can be used together at the same time. It can be monitoring and you can also bust out the probe and do some instant read meat thermometer if you need to. Multifunctional. 150 bucks, so a little bit higher than you're used to paying. However, not something that is run-of-the-mill at this point. In a segment of its own, if you will. So... You can monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. You can connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have smart speakers in your home, you're in luck because it's fully integrated with both or all kinds. If you have any questions, visit our website, fireboard.com, or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232 and fireboard.com. Once again, we thank Meathead from AmazingRibs.com for joining us here for the duration of the first hour. Talking about all things reverse sear. If you didn't know the concept, now you know. If you didn't know the history, now you know. We don't know why people were searing like maniacs in the beginning. But I think that's just where cooking starts. Nobody knows the rules. Nobody knows the guidelines. Nobody did it before anybody else did. So you start one way and then hopefully you learn over time, especially if there's better ways to do it. In a lot of cases for thick-ish or thicker cuts, reverse sear is the way to go. It's really the only way I do it. Unless it's super thin, as Meathead mentioned a handful of moments ago. The skirt steaks, the really thin steaks. Maybe you got a friend that buys steaks and they're cheap. They get the thin, half-inch thick. And we don't want any of that. right, if you're not familiar, AmazingRibs.com is his website. We are pointing to the second hour, Refresh Libations. We will have a visit from the unofficial official band of the Barbecue Central show, Three Years Hollow, Jose Urquiza. And then we will also have an interview with my oldest daughter, Bobby Rempe, on her impending hip surgery, which took place earlier today, even though we're recording the show on Tuesday. So once again, if you're just tuning in, brand new show, all new content, just pre-recorded and i'm letting you know that we're not doing it live i said we'll not, live. Live. Okay. not live not well, live do it live. we're not doing it live, it, and we'll do it live bill we do it we're pre-recording but we're doing it live at the same time. all right uh stick around we'll be right back with a second hour